Welcome to the Doc Washburn Show, the show that talks about what you actually care about. Uh, I know it may be a shock, but we're actually starting exactly on time today for the live stream. Noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. Minutes after each live stream is completed, the Doc Washburn Show podcast is available for download at all your favorite podcast platforms. Doc Washburn Show is on Twitter, on Facebook, and you can email us at contact at docwashburnshow.com. This is episode 117 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. It's Tuesday, March 29th, 2022. Today's guest will be Tanya Charlton. She tells us about the Medical Freedom Amendment, which would, among other things, prevent the government or your employer from coercing you into accepting a vaccine you don't want. That's coming up. But first, yes, I was fired by one of the biggest radio companies in America, Cumulus Media, simply because I refused their vaccine mandate. Yes, it's obvious the last U.S. presidential election was stolen. No, my old employer wouldn't allow me to say that on the radio. And yes, there's all kinds of evidence out there. A lot of people are having serious negative reactions to the vaccines. And yes, we must keep the January 6th political prisoners in our prayers. So this is a really different kind of talk show. We are unmasked, uncensored, and unfiltered. If you'd like to support what we do, go to our website, docwashburnshow.com, and click on the button that says Become a Patron. Now, I'm running for governor of the state of Arkansas, if you'd like to support that, because I am one of only two candidates running for the Republican nomination for governor, and I am assuredly the only conservative running for governor of Arkansas. The website is electdocwashburn.com. I want to give a big shout-out and a big thank you to all the folks at the Ozark Patriots in Mountain Home. We met with uh, Randy Sandland and his group at Bunkle's Brick Oven and Brews last night in Mountain Home, Arkansas, and what a wonderful reception we had. Over 150 people were there at this restaurant, and... Um, it was, it was truly uh, a blessing for me to walk into a room full of people who were ready to hear about taking our freedoms back here in the state of Arkansas. So thank you so much to Randy Sandland and the Ozark Patriots group in Mountain Home, Arkansas. Uh, we certainly hope, to, uh, certainly hope to be joining you again soon. Now, let me tell you what's coming up. Let me tell you what's coming up. I will, I'm scheduled to be at the Faulkner County Meet the Candidates Chili Cook-Off. That is this Saturday. This Saturday at 5.30 at the Castle at Harmon Ranch. And that is in, uh, where is it, Greenbrier? Yeah, Greenbrier. So looking forward to that. Um, also, coming up Saturday morning, uh, I'll be at the uh, monthly breakfast at, at Perrin, Arkansas, the Perrin High School in, in Saline County. This Friday evening, the Medical Freedom Town Hall at the uh, Fair Park Community Center in Hope, Arkansas. So that's going to be this Friday evening at 6.30 when we scheduled the uh, the event. I told my wife, you know who's from Hope, Arkansas, right? She said, Bill Clinton. I said, yeah, baby, but look, uh, I don't have a daughter running for governor this year. She said, oh, Mike Huckabee. I'm like, right, right, exactly. So coming up Thursday, uh, Thursday, 
I'm going to be at the uh, primary candidate forum, Hot Springs Village, a Republican women there at the Coronado Community Center. That is uh, Thursday at 3 o'clock. Boy, a lot of stuff going on um, Wednesday evening. Uh, Charlie Kirk and Allie Stuckey are going to be at University of Arkansas Fayetteville, 7 o'clock Wednesday evening, the Educate Don't Mandate Tour. So I'm scheduled to be there. Um, oh, got a TV interview coming up to tomorrow morning uh, with Nick Bruntus. I hope I'm saying that name right, 4029 uh, KHOG News. So that is uh, that's tomorrow, and I don't know if, when they'll when they'll play it back. And this evening, Tuesday evening, March 29th, I'll be meeting with the uh, Pulaski County Moms for Liberty. Be speaking at their meeting tonight at six o'clock at American Pie Pizza in North Little Rock. So a lot coming up, a lot coming up. Um, without any further ado, let's go ahead and bring in our guest, uh, Tanya Charlton, and the website is called DefendArkansas.us. Tanya, I believe you're from uh, Northwest Arkansas, right? Yes, that's correct. Fantastic. What is DefendArkansas.us all about? It is a website. It's a hub, basically, for groups of people who, you know, are tired of seeing Arkansas go in the wrong direction. We're trying to all kind of work together to make Arkansas, you know, what it should be and and a better place. Fantastic. And the first thing that that comes up, the first uh, um, tab, if you will, to, to click on, the Arkansas Medical Freedom Amendment. And that is something that is very near and dear to my heart, the whole idea of medical freedom. And I, I dare say the overwhelming majority of people that listen to the Doc Washburn Show uh, podcast, what are you trying to get accomplished with the Arkansas Medical Freedom Amendment? The amendment will stop anyone from mandating, coercing, or discriminating against us for choosing not to do something with our bodies we don't want to do, including vaccines or, uh, you know, people taking children away from parents for them choosing not to do something with their children that they don't want to do. So it it covers not only just, you know, us not being fired, but it also gives the parents the right to say, no, doctor, you don't have the right to force my child to do that. Fantastic. Now, this is um, for people who aren't familiar. um, uh, Every two years in November, there tend to be, um, I guess, voter-driven initiatives on the ballot that people can vote for or against. Um, a lot of states, you know, if you want a constitutional amendment to the state constitution, you have to get it through the legislature. But in the state of Arkansas, um, these are, you know, it's possible to get something done just by having enough people vote for it on the ballot in November, right? Yeah, so in um, Article 5 of our state constitution, it says the people have reserved the right to the initiative and the referendum. The referendum is is the people coming together and saying, we don't like the law that the legislature passed, and we are going to remove it. The initiative is the people making laws or constitutional amendments by gathering enough signatures to get it on the ballot. So we're required to get, uh, there's actually a whole set of steps that we have to take, but, but the big push is the signatures we have to get. 10% 10% of the amount of people who voted in the last governor election, which is 89,151, uh, we're saying 100,000 because they will strike some of the names off that are not registered voters. 
or that, you know, they can't read it or something was filled out improperly. So yeah. we're looking for a hundred thousand signatures to get this on the ballot. Wow. Okay. Now, wait a minute. Let me, let me make sure I understand. So, so how many people voted in the, um, um, in the gubernatorial primary in 2018? It would have been in, in 2018, the governor's, um, the, the amount of people who voted for the governor's um, election was 891,511, I believe was the number. Gotcha. Okay. In, 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 in the primary, that is. Wow. Okay. No, that's... in the actual, in the actual race. Like, oh, November. okay. I thought you said that the voted in the, in the, in the primary for governor. In, so in the actual, in the actual election in November of 2018, it was something like yes. 891,000. Yeah. Pardon me. So 10% of that would be, you know, 89,000. And since, uh, like you say, they're going to strike some of the names if they're illegible, um, you know, not eligible to vote or, or the signature is illegible, they can't read it or whatever. So you're really aiming at 100,000 signatures to try to get this um, amendment on the ballot uh, election day this coming November. Yes. Right, right. Okay. And. You know, I've been, of course, campaigning for governor now for um, since since February eighth, and I have been at a number of political uh, meetings. Obviously, that's what you do when you campaign for governor. And every once in a while, I'll bump into somebody who has uh, a petition uh, for 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 this amendment. But obviously, uh, to get a hundred thousand signatures in the state, you need a lot more help. Yes, we need a lot of help. It seems like we could do this pretty easily. If we got a thousand people to get a hundred signatures, we'd be done. But we need a thousand people to step up and actually get those signatures. So we can do it. We just have to get out and do it. Right, right. So, um, have what is the the biggest uh, obstacle you're finding to try uh, to get the medical freedom amendment on the ballot? It's, it's just, people not stepping up and gathering the signatures. It's people who have either taken the petitions and said they will do it, but they haven't taken the time yet. They just keep putting it off, uh, and and it just you just can't put it off. You've got to actually take it with you. I take mine everywhere I go. I, I take it to the baseball game, and I take it to I took it to basketball games, and I and I take it to um, uh, the the I lost my words political meetings, and I and I take it to community meetings, and I just take it everywhere. And I talk to people, and, and that's what we need to be doing. And that is, that's the hurdle that I'm facing right now. People are not getting out and doing it. Yeah. Um, so what is the deadline? Obviously, you, you know, th- this has to be done, um, you know, way before Election Day for them to know what to put on the ballot um, for this and any other amendments that people are trying to get on the ballot for this November. So what is the drop-dead yeah. day? What's, what's the deadline by which you – you really feel like you, you absolutely positively have to turn in 100,000 uh, signatures. The deadline for me to turn them in to the Secretary of State is July 8th. I've asked for everyone to get them back to me no later than July 1st, but I really need them as soon as possible because I have to separate them, them into counties. I have to count them. I have to designate 15 counties that have at least 5% of the uh, represented voters from 2018. I mean, there are a lot of details of this that – that come kind of at the very end for me. So I'm requesting them back by July 1st. Right. So you have to kind of go through everything. One of the things that kind of surprised me, because I guess um, I've signed petitions before, but I didn't realize was 
you have to sign a petition uh, for the county that you live in. So, you know, if I, I, I'm trying to remember where I was, uh, but they had uh, several different petitions depending upon, you know, whether you live in this county, that county, that county, several counties that were were, were close together. Um, so when, when did, well, let, let me back up for a minute. What was it that prompted you to think, you know what, I need to stand up and do something here. Uh, we need to get a medical freedom amendment on the ballot because I'm sure that if you get enough signatures and get it on the ballot, it'll pass. What 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 was it that motivated you to do this? Right. It, I think it definitely will pass because about nine out of every ten people are very thankful and are excited that we're doing this. Uh, so I, I'm very confident it will pass. What prompted me was that last year I worked with America's Frontline Doctors as a as a state leader and also as a regional leader for the Citizen Corps, I was over oversaw ten states, and I worked with a lot of people in that time who were coming to me every single day saying, "I'm losing my job. I don't want to take this vaccine. What can you do to help me? You know, what can we do?" And uh, we waited in the fall for our legislature to make laws to protect the people who were losing their jobs, and they made they made a law that said you don't have to take the shot if they are mandating, but you do have to take a test. Every week, and if, if the funds are not there, then you have to pay for it. And and when they did that, uh, a lot of people were not satisfied with that because that's not that's not true freedom. That is guilty until proven innocent. Yep. If I do not feel like I'm sick and I am being forced to take a test to prove that I am not sick, then that is me being guilty until proven innocent, and that is not what our founders wanted. It is not freedom. And so when they did that, I stepped away from America's Frontline Doctors, and I wrote this. Um, amendment. Uh, it was the last thing I wanted to do. I didn't, you know, this is a little scary. It's a constitutional amendment. So uh, I worked with several professionals and um, got this accomplished. Fantastic. So, um, so when, when, when did you start this, um, this move to get a constitutional amendment, the uh, medical freedom amendment? We filed in January. It was like 6th or the 10th of January. That's when we filed. And once you file it, with the Secretary of State, then you can start collecting signatures. Exactly, exactly. Okay. You know, shortly after I announced I was running for governor, I got a Facebook message from the folks at Reopen Arkansas. And they said, would you mind filling out our questionnaire um, so we can, you know, see what you're all about, see where you're coming from and the issues? And I said, yeah, sure. That'd be fantastic. I'd be happy to. So I filled out the uh, the questionnaire, and I think right in the middle of the questionnaire, they wanted to know if I was for or against each of like five different amendments, uh, five different bills. Pardon me, five different bills uh, that had been proposed in the legislature. And um, honestly, since I was fired for not getting the vaccine in early October of last year and started doing a national podcast and mostly talking about national issues at the time instead of Arkansas issues, I had to look up and read each one of these bills. And so the first four bills looked good to me. The fifth bill, the bill proposed by Kim Hammer, I didn't like because it said, well, they can't force you to get the vaccine if you're willing to get tested you know, every every week. And I'm like, no, you shouldn't have to compromise with this evil. And then what I found exactly. out later, yeah, right. What I found out later was the reason that was the bill that passed was that 
our supermajority of Republicans in state Senate and state House couldn't get enough Republican votes for any of the other four bills that just would have said, you know, they can't force you to get vaccinated and you don't have to get tested. And so that's um, that's a shame, and it's disappointing, and it's frustrating. But again, we're blessed to live in a state where, by golly, if that's the problem, if you can't get enough votes for the right thing in the legislature, then we as citizens do have the option of going ahead and putting together uh, a ballot initiative, something to get on the ballot in, in November to do the right thing. Yes, I so, agree. So There are only 24 states, I think, that can do this. Um, so I, I'm excited that we are one of them. Absolutely. Absolutely. No question about it. And, you know, uh, to to the credit of some folks who are helping with this, like, like I say, uh, several different uh, events, venues that I've been at campaigning for governor, I see people with the petitions, and I'm always like, hey, I filled out the one. I live in Pulaski County. Um, but, um, yeah, it, it would be wonderful if enough people would volunteer for this um, because, you know, I remember a few years ago when they wanted to um, they wanted to legalize medical marijuana, and it seemed like, you know, coming in and out of stores, there would be people with uh, petitions, say, do you want to sign this petition? you want to sign that one? Uh, people would have three different petitions uh, to try to get people to sign, uh, and and clearly they were being paid. Uh, the, the people to get you to sign the petition were, were being paid by folks who had skin in the game financially. If you catch my drift, um, absolutely. So this situation here is you are trying to protect people's freedom, and you know to the extent that the people who listen to my podcast want to do the same thing, um, I guess they would go to your website and is there a get involved. You click on get involved, right? Actually, if you want to, if you want to get um, petitions and start working, yes, please go to the website, click on the Arkansas medical freedom amendment um, and fill out. There's a contact there under the amendment, you know, that, that says it actually has my phone number there too. So people can contact me, but we have people who have petitions across the state who can get you going. They're in your local area and they, they already are going. Uh, and what we need to do is get you going. So I will get you in contact with them. If you just contact us through the website, that is a great way. Or you can go to the Facebook page, the Arkansas medical freedom amendment, Facebook page, contact us there. We'll get you going. It, we get you going pretty fast. So uh, just find us there. So you do have volunteer coordinators all over the state. You just don't have enough volunteers for them to coordinate with. Right. We do have leaders across the state working on this. We have some people pushing it. I'm really glad to hear you say that people are doing it at all the meetings you're at. That's great. Uh, we need more people standing, like you said, outside of stores and walking up to you at the, uh, you know, in the park. And we need more, uh, more people out working. Yeah, well, I mean, I wish they were doing it at all the meetings that I've been at, but they've been doing it at some of the meetings that that you know that I've attended, that I've spoken at, and that's a that's a fantastic thing. But if we can just get enough volunteers, I'm sure we can get this on the ballot. And if it's on the ballot, it will pass. There's no question about it. Um, I agree. You know, but it's it's horrendous to me. Uh, that you have major employers like Walmart, like Tyson. Now, speaking of which, uh, Walmart certainly did not enforce this for 
just regular everyday employees at Walmart stores, uh, but they enforce it for the folks who work at their home office and make a lot of money um, in Bentonville. Um, Tyson, you know, you hear horror stories about them enforcing it on their just everyday employees. But uh, a friend of mine pointed out that there, there is a statement in Arkansas state statute to pass in 2017 that says uh, Arkansans have the right to make their own medical decisions. And that's fine. That's nice. But it doesn't have any teeth to it. This medical freedom amendment, the Arkansas medical freedom amendment uh, that you have out there, there would be teeth in this thing. And it, tell, tell my listeners how this would give ordinary employees in Arkansas uh, the ability to fight back if their employer is trying to force them into getting a vaccine. Sure. Okay. I'm going to read the definition of medical freedom so people understand exactly what it is that's being protected here. It says, no person, regardless of race, age, gender, or previous condition, who chooses not to partake in any medical intervention, examination, treatment, or other health-related pursuit may be mandated, coerced, or discriminated against, regardless of pandemic, state of emergency, or other condition of the state. Humans are endowed by our creator with inalienable rights to bodily autonomy. Um, and then what the teeth that I think that you're referring to is that a person whose medical freedom has been infringed in violation of this amendment may assert that violation as a claim or defense in a judicial, administrative, or other appropriate proceeding and obtain appropriate relief. Is that the teeth you're talking about? Uh, yes, ma'am. Okay. <laughs> so, yes, it, it does specify if someone comes after you and tries to discriminated against you, uh, mandate you, or coerce you to, you know, to do something with your body you don't want to do, yeah, you you can get the appropriate relief that you need. Legally, yeah. That's what well, we need. Yeah. We need we need teeth in that thing. You know, uh, I had a wise attorney once tell me that the state passes all kinds of laws about what can and can't be done and what people can and can't get away with in this state. But he says, but where is the remedy? In other words, if a state passes a law that says, um, hey, this is against the law, but then there's there's no penalty for breaking that law, then, you know, what good is it? People just, uh, you know, ignore it. But if the state passes a law like the Arkansas Medical Freedom Amendment that gives uh, the ordinary citizen uh, the legal means to push back, well, that's a whole different ballgame, and 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 right. that would ensure our medical freedom. And, and and God bless you for this. This is wonderful. Um, so the website is defendarkansas.us. Defendarkansas.us. Uh, what else do you want my listeners to know about the Arkansas Medical Freedom Amendment and what you're trying to get uh, accomplished here? You know, I just I want everybody to know that this is a movement by the people. There are no corporations behind this. There, I am a stay-at-home mom, and I worked with some other professional people who, who do this on a daily basis to make sure this was a good, solid uh, creation <laughs> before we filed it. And, and this, is, this is strictly Arkansas working for Arkansas, not paying anybody. We're not, uh, we have no big advertisers. We have, we have you know, not a lot of money behind us. We have, I think we will probably have enough money soon to cover the publishing fees, which will be around – Twenty to thirty thousand dollars, we think, 
because the Secretary of State will publish this in every newspaper across the state and then give us the bill. We think we're going to have that covered soon. Uh, but we need, you know, we just need the people to get out and, and fight for their own freedoms. And, and the, the groundwork is laid out. We just need everybody to get involved. Amen. Absolutely. The website is defendarkansas.us. That's where you find out all about the Arkansas Medical Freedom Amendment, just in case it matters to you, just in case you don't want to be forced or you don't want your fellow Arkansans being forced to get an experimental gene therapy uh, jammed into their veins. A friend of mine calls it the clot shot because so many people are getting blood clots uh, and some of them are not surviving the blood clots if you catch my drift. Uh, DefendArkansas.us, DefendArkansas.us. It's the Arkansas Medical Freedom Amendment. If it's on the ballot in November, it will pass. It will pass. But we need 100,000 signatures to get it onto the ballot. So I hope it matters enough to you. This is how to find out how you can be a part of this. DefendArkansas.us. Tanya Charlton, God bless you. We wish you Godspeed. And uh, anytime you need to come back on the program to give an update uh, to you know to uh, solicit for more volunteers for this noble goal. Uh, just let us know. Okay, thank you so much for having me today. All right, God bless you, Tanya. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Appreciate you. So there it is. If it's on the ballot, it'll pass. But. You know, it's not easy to get it on the ballot. I'm saying? It's not easy to get it on the ballot. If it's on the ballot, it will pass. DefendArkansas.us. All right. Um, I just want to say how blessed we are on the Doc Washburn Show to have advertisers and the views and opinions expressed on the Doc Washburn Show do not necessarily reflect those of our advertisers, but they love us and we love them. So that's a good thing. Let me tell you something. If you try to buy a car recently, you realize there's such a chip shortage. You may have a hard time finding what you're looking for. People I know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live. That's where Red River Your Way comes in. Red River Your Way is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including the freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. Now, you can buy online, and they'll drive it to you no matter where you are. Red River Your Way wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible, and that's why they've added technology to their website that puts you in complete control of your payment options and allows you to complete the entire purchase process online. But don't worry, Red River experts are still right here to help you every step of the way if you have any questions. Red River Your Way makes it so easy. As you browse their selection, you'll see each vehicle has a button on it that says Explore Payment Options. Clicking that button guides you through a few easy questions that then create personalized payment options you have complete control over. All you have to do is adjust your preferences And all the math happens automatically so you can figure out what monthly payment works best for your budget. Red River Your Way makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying process is completely transparent. And by the way, if you're in central Arkansas, of course, you can always go to the dealership. 
which is what I did recently, and I got a great deal on a 2013 Honda Accord with only 85,000 miles on it, only 15,000. And I'm really, really satisfied with the deal and with the car, and my wife loves the car. Anyway, if you want to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV, order online from the nationwide car dealer that believes in freedom, including the freedom to buy online the way you want to, the dealer that will deliver your vehicle to your front door, no matter where you live in the continental United States of America, RedRiverYourWay.com, you will be glad you did. Okay, we're always talking about pushing back against federal overreach in the Doc Washburn Show. So here's the question. Are you like most Americans? Did Obamacare, the so-called Affordable Care Act, make your health care more expensive? Does your health insurance premium feel like a second mortgage? Does your sky-high deductible prevent you from going to the doctor? Do your sky-high co-pays keep you from going to the doctor? Now, if you answered yes to any of those questions, there's a website you need to go to, myfamilyhealthplan.com. You click on myfamilyhealthplan.com, first thing that comes up, big bold letters, affordable plans, save 30 to 50% on premiums, personalized health coverage, low to no deductible, no co-pays, and then the big, beautiful red button, schedule call now. When you click that button, it enables you to book a free consultation with my friend, Art Wilborn, who will make sure there are no gaps in your coverage. He'll also make sure that your personalized health coverage does not give you a plan that forces you to cover awful things like abortion that would violate your deeply held religious beliefs, like some of those Obamacare plans. Again, the website is myfamilyhealthplan.com, affordable plans, Save 30 to 50% on premiums, personalized health coverage, low to no deductible, no co-pays. Click on the big red button, schedule call now. Book a free consultation with my friend Art Wilborn. We'll make sure there are no gaps in your coverage. Save money on your insurance at myfamilyhealthplan.com. All right. Now, oh, somebody said the. He saw a Doc Washburn for governor sign in North Little Rock yesterday. Yeah, the signs are getting out all over the state. I um, We stopped in a place yesterday on the way up to uh, Mountain Home, Arkansas. Stopped in a place because um, I, I was getting hungry. I, all I had was, was breakfast. And we stopped at uh, St. Joe, Arkansas in Searcy County, a place called Haskell's. And, buddy, I tell you what, I had a great bacon cheeseburger at Haskell's in, uh, in St. Joe in Searcy County yesterday. And so the young man, uh, Reese, was a fellow who, who waited on us and said, asked the, the lady, could you go cooked bacon cheeseburger for this gentleman. And so I, I wanted to give Reese uh, one of our uh, push cards for the Doc Washington for Governor campaign. He said, well, you know what? Uh, one of your volunteers has already been in here. Look, there push cards right there on the table. And, oh, okay. There's a snake that bit me. Anyway, and I didn't realize he's only 16 years old because 
fellow's, you know, six foot tall and very uh, politically uh, astute, aware. And he asked, he said, can I ask you a question about the Second Amendment? I said, sure. He said, what do you think about that 1936 uh, Federal Firearms Act? I said, well, the Second Amendment, the United States Constitution says, your right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. He said, man, I love hearing that. I love hearing that. And I said, you know, Senator Gary Stubblefield had a bill in the legislature last year called the Arkansas Sovereignty Act, which would have made it a criminal matter, illegal for anybody in Arkansas law enforcement to assist federal agents in enforcing unconstitutional acts like that 1936 uh, Firearms Act. I think there's another one, 1968. And I said at the time, now, I don't know if uh, Senator Stubblefield is a teetotaler or if he um, imbibes in adult beverages from time to time. But if he does and he gets this law passed and signed into law, he shouldn't be allowed to buy his own beer ever again for the rest of his life, the state of Arkansas. <laughs> that always gets a chuckle. Uh, but, of course, Governor Hutchinson shut that one down. You see, what happens What happens to state legislature sometimes is legislators want to do the right thing because they believe in the Constitution. They believe in your First Amendment rights, your Second Amendment rights, all your rights as enumerated in the U.S. Constitution and the Arkansas Constitution. But you got a governor who doesn't believe that. And this is why we say he's a rhino. And this is why we say there are no more rhinos. No more rhinos. Got to get rid of the rhinos. Now, he can't run again. So the daughter of a previous governor, Mike Huckabee, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, she's running and talking about what a great job the rhino has been doing. That's a bad thing. That's a bad thing. You elect me, Governor, and I'm all about returning your freedom and liberty. I want to drastically, drastically reduce the size and scope of the state government to get them off your backs. People say, what's the, what's the main difference between you and your competitor, Sarah Huckabee Sanders? She doesn't want to cut the size of government to get them off your backs. I do. That's pretty simple. That right there is pretty simple. All right. Um, Pardon me. So, revisiting, revisiting the idea of uh, the dangerous vaccines, Dr. Peter McCullough, he was uh, interviewed on the Joe Rogan show a while back and the libs freaked out because he was getting too much truth out there. So I've got a clip from Dr. McCullough speaking in in Dallas recently. Just a little intro, about 24 seconds. Here's what he said. 
Let's introduce I'm Dr. Peter McCullough. I'm an internist, cardiologist. I'm a trained epidemiologist. I'm in practice here in Dallas. I spend about half of my time uh, seeing patients and caring for patients with heart disease, but also who contract COVID-19 and the complications, and now seeing really uh, the first wave, I think, of vaccine-injured patients in my practice, and I welcome them, and I have great compassion for what's happening. Because people either didn't know or they were coerced. We got to stop it. We got to stop it. And that's why, that's why this medical freedom amendment is so important. You got people dropping like flies. So, speaking of freedom. Speaking of liberty, I don't know if you heard, but um, a former CIA officer openly confessed to being a part of rigging the the 2020 election for Joe Biden and says he'd do it again. That's right. Former CIA officer John Seifer claimed in a stunning thread on Twitter that he took particular joy in discrediting the Hunter Biden laptop from hell narrative and enthusiastically admitted to shifting the election away from Trump. Cypher was among the many intelligence experts who falsely claimed the Hunter Biden laptop story from the New York Post back in October 2020 was part of a Russian disinformation campaign. He was lying and he knew it. Okay? A March 18th report from the New York Post mentioned how John Seifer was among those so-called officials who had signed a letter saying the laptop has the classic earmarks of a Russian disinformation operation. However, those 51 purported intelligence experts didn't have any evidence to back up their assertions at the time. They were merely operating off a convenient hunch that happened to behoove the Biden campaign right before the election. The letter they'd all signed on to was published October 19, 2020, a mere five days after the New York Post dropped the bombshell story on the laptop that has since been validated by a myriad of outlets to include the New York Times. Clearly, the massive cover-up and attempts to discredit a valid report by clamoring about Russia during an election year had some consequences. Come March 27th, Rick Grinnell, former acting director of national intelligence for Donald Trump, shared a screenshot of Cypher's Twitter account writing, LOL, he signed the letter saying Hunter's laptop was Russian disinformation. Cypher's response seemed smug in nature as he replied to Grinnell, stating he bears a sense of pride that his own breed, his own breed of disinformation resulted in impacting the election in Biden's favor. That's, um, I mean, what does it tell you when all these former CIA heads like uh, uh, Brennan, Mike Morrell, all these guys were lying and they knew they were lying. What does that tell you? We got a lot of pushback to them. We got a lot of pushback to them. Now, if you elect me governor of the state of Arkansas, the main pushback I will be involved in is working with the state legislature to do everything we possibly can to 
reinstate the idea of the Tenth Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. Y'all know about that? Now, I don't have verbatim, but I got the Washburn paraphrase, and it's pretty close to word for word. Tenth Amendment of the U.S. Constitution says that any powers that not are that are not specifically spelled out as being powers the federal government is supposed to have remain with the states and or the citizens. Federal government's had a, a Department of Education for what, 40 years? And our education scores continue to decline relative to the education that people in a lot of other countries are getting. Well, the Constitution doesn't say anywhere that U.S. government has any business messing with the education of children. It's just not there. So that's one of those things we need to get them to butt out. And I'm hoping that we will have some conservatives elected to the U.S. House and the U.S. Senate this year from Arkansas, and they'll help us push back against the feds. Now, you got a U.S. Senator, John Bozeman, who's running for re-election, and he is worried. He's running scared. Which is why you got a pack out there calling his primary opponent, Jan Morgan, a show pony. And it's also why Bozeman himself is paying for a commercial with Tom Cotton, assuring you what a conservative John Bozeman is and how we need to keep him in the U.S. Senate. Now, if the fact that Senator Tom Cotton wouldn't lift a finger between the November 2020 election and the January 2021 inauguration of the usurper Joe Biden, if that didn't tell you where his loyalties lie, wouldn't lift a finger, acted like the election wasn't stolen. And that's the guy endorsing Bozeman for re-election? That ought to tell you something. So, if I get elected governor, it would be nice to have some actual conservatives representing us in Washington, some folks I can can work with, like Jan Morgan as your, U, as your new United States senator, like Colonel Conrad Reynolds, the rhino remover. Colonel Conrad Reynolds, instead of French Hill, representing the 2nd District, District in Central Arkansas, or for that matter, for that matter. Like Representative Brant Smith, representing Arkansas in Eastern Arkansas, instead of Rick Crawford. Yeah, my, uh, my listeners in Lone Oak County, I don't know if you realize that you have a primary, not just for U.S. Senate, Jan Bozeman against uh, Jan Morgan against John Bozeman. Sorry, sleep deprivation. I apologize, Jan. But that you also have a primary for your U.S. representative. 
Yeah, you also have a conservative primarying Ray Crawford. His name is Brant Smith. So for my listeners in Lone Oak, Jefferson, Arkansas County, Prairie County, Woodruff County, Monroe County, you have a choice. Brant Smith primarying your U.S. Representative Rick Crawford. Now, I want to go back to this whole thing about Hunter's laptop. Sam Faddis over at Substack is asking the question, why did Joe Biden's special assistant send Hunter Biden daily intel briefs? Do you know about this? He says, if you've been following the signs of Hunter's laptop from hell, you'll know we're now in phase two of the cover-up. In phase one, you were told the laptop was a creation of the Russians designed to sabotage Joe Biden's campaign for president. That lie has now collapsed. So in phase two, we're being told that whatever Hunter was up to, it has nothing to do with Joe. Hunter may have been, may have spent his time up to his eyeballs with hookers and cocaine and kept company with a lot of unsavory characters, but Joe knew nothing about any of it. Joe Biden insisted in 2019, I have never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings. There is no family enterprise. Wow. Wow. Well, we know that's not true. October of 2020, Former Biden associate Tony Bobolinsky delivered a statement on the Hunter Biden laptop on the Tucker Carlson show. He says, I've heard Joe Biden say that he's never discussed business with Hunter. That is false. It's funny then that the contents of Hunter's laptop do not jive at all with that characterization. On the contrary, the laptop is filled with documents and emails, which make perfectly clear Hunter and Joe worked closely together, co-mingled funds, and operated largely as a team. And a close Hunter Biden business associate, Tony Bobolinsky, went on record, making it really clear. Now, a case in point would be the intelligence briefings shared with Hunter Biden by the office of the vice president when Joe was VP under Obama. Over a period of what appears to be years, a daily intelligence briefing Prepare for Joe Biden was forwarded to Hunter Biden and several other members of the Biden family. When this practice began is unclear, the documents reviewed so far appear to have been from the period after Joe left the White House. They were sent by a woman named Kathy Chung, Joe's special assistant, when he was in the White House. I know. I know what you're thinking. But will anything ever be done? I wish I had a good answer for you. I don't know. I hope so. We can't just roll over and give up, right? Let me go back to Peter McCullough. I had uh, Dr. Peter McCullough, some audio from him a few minutes ago. On the tweet on Twitter in which I found that video, he says, like so many internists and cardiologists, my practice is receiving the burgeoning number of vaccine-injured trying to limit the damage and promote recovery. There are no 
research programs funded by the National Institutes of Health, left with empiric approaches and frustration on the part of the victims. Many, of course, were coerced, coerced into it. They certainly were. I lost my job over it. So the great independent journalist Jordan Schachtel, also over at Substack, says this, the FDA and CDC seem to be pivoting to a three-dose primary series of mRNA shots, which means they're clandestinely changing the destination of fully vaccinated to three shots. So the booster now becomes the fourth shot, and the second booster becomes shot number five. This is full-on clown world. Now, for the uninformed, it is the same formulation five times. All right? Nobody ever answers what is different or more effective in these so-called boosters that wasn't in the original injection. And no one ever questions this. It's incredible. They have never brought a different formula to market, so unless you are mixing and matching, prayers up, you're taking the same thing over and over again. Wow. That's amazing. Nobody ever answers what is different or more effective in these boosters. That wasn't the original injection. Now, a new article out by J.D. Rucker over at uh, the Liberty Daily. Bait and switch, FDA and CDC quietly shifting to three-dose primary series of COVID jabs. Follow the money, but but also follow the control. The control, all right? Now, again, what we try to do here on the Doc Washman Show is let you in on news you're not hearing anywhere else, probably. And I'm always trying to be mindful of the fact that I don't want you at some point in the future to say, why didn't you warn us? A shocking thing happened to me last night when I met with the Ozark Patriots. Somebody presented me with a proof of voter registration. You don't have to prove you're a citizen of the United States to register to vote in the state of Arkansas. That's got to stop. That's got to change. I, I know I've heard Jan Morgan talk about that, and I thought that she had worked with the legislature to get a law passed to change that, but apparently not. Next time I see her, I'm going to ask about it. But if you like me, Governor, I guarantee doggone to you, I'm going to sign a bill that will force people to prove they're citizens of these United States to be able to vote in the state of Arkansas. What good does it do that you have to show a picture ID if you can get that picture ID and you're not even a citizen. That's incredible. We are so thankful to our sponsors, our advertisers, 
for making it possible for us to do what we do here. And I like to mention a couple of them briefly. My friend Justin Minton, M-I-N-T-O-N, M-I-N-T-O-N, Minton and Benton. Justin's a former insurance adjuster who left the insurance industry to become a private lawyer. He founded the Minton Law Firm to help injured people fight against powerful insurance companies and corporations. And he sure helped me out when I was in my three automobile accidents in the last three years. The Minton Law Firm has a great team of lawyers, including the 2016 Trial Lawyer of the Year and the 2016 Outstanding Young Lawyer of the Year. The insurance companies take Justin Minton and his team of lawyers seriously because they know they can and will take your case to trial if need be. So whether you want to go to trial or settle out of court, it's a really good idea to have a knowledgeable trial attorney on your side. Justin's team aims to bring justice to clients who have been injured and need somebody to stand up for them. No matter what the injury, Justin Minton makes sure the Minton Law Firm always works hard for you. So whether you're hurt in a car wreck, hurt on the job, or you or a loved one suffering for the carelessness of another, if you're in Arkansas, Justin Minton Law, M-I-N-T-O-N, Minton and Benton, is here to help you. Just call the Minton Law Firm, 501-943-4195, or visit justinmintonlaw.com today. All right. Now let me see if I can help you with some health problems. Do you have migraines? Do you have neck pain? How about back pain? How about vertigo? Eczema? Do you have problems with your blood sugar? Do you have allergies, hay fever this time of year? Okay, now look in the mirror. Does one eye look bigger than the other? Are your eyes off balance? Are your shoulders off balance? Look at a picture of yourself. Do you lean to the left or the right instead of sitting up straight or standing up straight? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, you probably need to get your atlas adjusted. That's how I got rid of my migraines, my neck pain, my hay fever. Let me tell you how it works because this is the best kept secret in American healthcare. Your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds. It rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas or C1, which only weighs 2 ounces. So it's really easy for your atlas to get out of alignment. If it does, your whole spinal column can get kinked up like a chain, restricting your central nervous system's ability to send impulses to the rest of your body. It can affect your respiratory system, your circulatory system, your reproductive system, and yes, even your digestive system. And it can cause migraines, neck pain, back pain, vertigo, problems with your blood sugar, all kinds of stuff. Do yourself a favor. If you live in central Arkansas, call my friends at the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center, 501-279-2009, for a free consultation to see if you need to get your atlas adjusted. Or if you're outside central Arkansas, go to their website, turnmypoweron.com, and click on the button, the tab that says find a doctor near you and I hope you can because we have listeners we have listeners all over these United States so I certainly hope you can find a doctor near you okay now that having been said That having been said, I guess it is. I guess it is about time for me to say 
Where is it? Yep. Hit it, Brian. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. It's the Doc Washburn Show Tweet of the Day. Brought to you by RedRiverYourWay.com. Red River Your Way, the big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy the car, truck, van, or SUV of your choice, the way you want to, online, have it delivered to your front door anywhere in the continental United States. Today's tweet of the day, the best governor in the United States of America, Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida. He says, the bill I signed today protects Florida parents like January Little John. School officials manipulated her daughter into a so-called transition, calling her by a male name and pronouns without her mother, January Little John, having any idea, no knowledge, no consent. This is wrong, and today's legislation will ensure it doesn't happen again. All right, so here is a a three-and-a-half-minute video of this mom, January Littlejohn, embedded into Governor Ron DeSantis' tweet. Now, for some reason, oh, I guess i got to turn it back up. Yeah, there we go. All right, right, here we go. In September of 2020, my daughter told me after school she had a meeting with school officials that was held behind closed doors where they asked her which restroom she wanted to use. I immediately contacted the school and was told by the guidance counselor and assistant principal that I could not be given any information regarding the meeting and that by law, my daughter had to be the one to authorize my notification of the meeting or attendance to the meeting. In other words, school officials asked my 13-year-old child her permission as to whether or not my parental rights would be honored. After many weeks of going back and forth with the district, we learned the middle school had created a transgender, gender nonconforming support plan with our 13-year-old daughter without our knowledge or consent. The plan was a six-page document completed with my daughter behind closed doors with three school officials that included the guidance counselor, the assistant principal, and a social worker I had never met. During the meeting, they asked her questions that could have significantly impacted her safety and her physical and emotional well-being, such as which restroom she preferred to use and which sex she preferred to room with on overnight field trips. The plan also directed school staff to use my daughter's birth name when speaking to us, her parents, and to use a different name in school with teachers, staff, and students. This plan directed school staff to conceal from us that this meeting and plan had ever taken place. When parents are excluded from critical decisions affecting their child's health and well-being at school, it sends the message to children that their parents' input and authority are no longer important. This created a huge wedge between our daughter and us because it sent the message that she needed to be protected from us, not by us. Social transition is a medical and mental health intervention that can lead to significant decisions that will impact the child's mental and physical well-being. Often, social transition is the first step toward medical transition, and schools are grossly unqualified to be taking these steps without parental involvement. Unfortunately, what happened to my family is not an isolated incident. I have been contacted by parents all over our state who's had their rights violated in the same manner. 
parental involvement in a child's education is considered by many education experts to be the most important factor in student success. This is well known and documented, yet schools have been systematically cutting parents out of critical decisions being made with their children, painting them as enemies to their children with no due process. Parents know and love their children more than anyone in this world. I have always told my children my number one job is to keep them safe, and this school took that away from me. For the safety of our children, these parental rights violations must stop, and school districts must be held accountable when they break the law. Thank you, Governor, for signing this law. And just so you know, the left, they want that to happen to all other families. They don't want any protections for parents. They think that they should just be able to take your kid and do whatever with the hell they want with them. That is wrong. And she was right to stand up against the school district. And now every parent's going to have the right to do that. There you go. There you go. We need a law like this in, uh, in Arkansas. But instead, in Arkansas, we have a governor who vetoed a bill just to make it illegal to sterilize children. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I got to tell you, and uh, my opponent, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, says Ace Hutchinson has been doing a good job. She won't dare speak out against him vetoing a bill to make it against the law to sterilize children. Let me just uh, give you, and, and thank you to Red River Your Way for sponsoring today's Tweet of the Day. Uh, let me just give you one more little clip here from uh, Governor DeSantis, the best governor in the USA, DeSantis of Florida. And so uh, we will continue to recognize that in the state of Florida, parents have a fundamental role in the education, health care, and well-being of their children. We will not move from that. I don't care what corporate media outlets say. I don't care what Hollywood says. I don't care what big corporations say. Here I stand. I'm not backing down. Me too, brother. Me too. Absolutely me too. At one point, he said that um, being condemned by the same Hollywood types that held Harvey Weinstein up as some kind of role model, that is a badge of honor. And indeed it is. Indeed it is. All right, you've been listening to episode 117 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. The views and opinions expressed on the Doc Washburn Show do not necessarily reflect those of our advertisers, but they love us, and we love them. Today's program has been produced by Tim Terrible, directed by Mick Messy. This has been a terribly messy production. Portions of today's program will be taken overseas and dropped. If you'd like a transcript of today's episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show, simply peel the roof off a Rolls-Royce panel truck and send it to Mansur's Computer Solutions, 7th Floor, of the Ephemeral B. Smoot Building, Whitehall, Arkansas, in care of Sheriff Mansour Sempier X. And that's the way it is. Tuesday, March 29th, 2022.